Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Well, what a weekend of sport. Sonia's 8K twilight run for Jigsaw. The NBA Finals, Wimbledon. And I think there was a football match thrown in there somewhere. I hope you survived it okay, wherever you are in the world, whatever side of the divide you're on. Highlight of the final for me, well, was it was it Luke Shaw and that blinding finish in the second minute? Jordan Pickford saves, Chiellini with that kind of get over here, scruff of the neck takedown that I'll never forget. No, for me, it was Roy Keane's moving of the tee while Gary Neville and Ian Wright jumped around and lost their mind celebrating. Truly, in that moment, he was every Irish person in England. (laughs) Enjoy your celebration, but do not spill my tea. Did you get to see that happen at the moment that it happens on you? I didn't because I was watching on American television, so on ESPN, (laughs) and we didn't actually get any... um, too much um, panel chat, you know, and <laughs> discussion yeah. other than the, we were lucky enough to get the game and the commentary was actually pretty decent. So mm. it was it was good fun. It was the first full football game that I watched of the whole tournament, believe it or not. I had a few attempts to do it. But, you know, here you have to, you know, go out of your way to do it and you have to find the channel and it's not everywhere. And it was on ESPN here. And I discovered that when I watched the semifinal or a bit of the semifinal Earlier in the week. Yeah, so the excitement for me was, um, I'm, I'm staying in Airbnb at the moment, and it's in Park City in Utah. And it's actually, it's great. It's an Airbnb with benefits because there's just two dogs here. <laughs> two oh, wow. Dal- <laughs> two dal- Dalmatians. <laughs> and Trevor said to me, surely you don't have the responsibility of looking after the dogs in the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> Not totally, but I can if I want. Two Dalmatians called Stanley and Willis. And so the excitement of the football with them was that when um, Italy scored the equaliser, I realised who I was cheering for. <laughs> and scared <laughs> the, the life out of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so, like, it was, like, it was a riveting game. Like, I don't know. Mikey's very confused watching it here. We went to see Space Jam, the new Space Jam movie. Shout out to Warner Brothers who invited us along to that in Leicester Square at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And we, like total greenhorns, arrived into Leicester Square, got the goodie bag, went to the movie. It is as bananas as you would expect. You should go and see it. It is truly one of the most bonkers movies I've ever watched in my entire life. And I don't say that lightly. So we came out full of the joys of Space Jam into utter chaos in the middle of Leicester Square. Like it's it's kicking off. There's thousands of fans screaming and shouting firecrackers up the arse you've probably seen the picture literally firecrackers hanging out of people's butts as they are running around losing their minds suddenly they're pulling up trees like uh, mikey's (laughs) watching this and we're going like i i don't know what the football traditions are in england but pulling up trees is a new one on anyone and the security are just like you're gonna have to go to piccadilly circus i'm like i'm not going anywhere near piccadilly circus it's bound to be worse so i managed to do a couple of seasoned london uh, moves down a couple of back alleys to get us to where we need to go but it frightened the life out of mikey and then kind of to watch it all unfold 
and see some of the scenes and now the backlash against these players that put themselves up there. When you see that, the kind of backlash on young, young guys who are trying their best, obviously didn't mean to miss penalties. Are you brought back to times when you felt the eyes of the world on you when things weren't going to plan? I suppose you could, like, you'd find some relatable feelings about it. You know, I mean, I suppose when you, when you, when things don't go to plan and, you know, you don't perform as best as you want to and the expectations are so high and, you know, you know, for players and for athletes, the expectations are highest for yourself. And so, you know, the hardest, I suppose, thing that you're going to get is the the backlash from yourself in a way, because you are going to beat yourself up a lot about it. And Mm. I think, you know, there's a lot of talk these days and people have a lot of people around them to help them to get through these situations and to kind of say, listen, these things happen. You know, there can only be one winner. And, you know, penalties is the most cruelest of ways for this to happen. And, you know, then all of a sudden the finger is pointed at individuals and it's not really fair when they're, you know, such young, talented individuals and, you know, the best players in the world miss penalties. So it is a bit of a lottery. It's a bit hit and miss. And, and you know, it's impossible to kind of, I suppose, break that down and to explain it in a rational way today or last night because there's so much like upset about it now for for the English team and for the players who missed the penalties and you know I suppose when when I would have you know had a bad race you know the worst you're going to get is what you read in the newspapers and you don't it's very easy not to read the newspapers it's it's not so easy to ignore your phone and you know what pops up on your phone outside of your own personal messages you know the stuff that comes on social media you know, I think the more people look, the more they're going to find and the more the more they're going to be hurt. So, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of support for, you know, the players not to get involved in that because a lot of the time it's people just saying this stuff, you know, off the cuff without even thinking. And they sure, don't understand. Yeah. They don't they don't like they they would never for one second think and put themselves in that position. You know, so and it, and then they forget it. They're like most of them, they might write this stuff and say this stuff and they wake up the next day and they wouldn't even realize they've said it. You know, they'll, yeah, it's like they, they take it so personally, the fans, I think, that, you know, as if like they went out there and, you know, didn't win on purpose or, you know, why weren't they better? But they were actually pretty good. I mean, to get, you know, down to that final few seconds and nearly win um, for England you know, I mean, they were close as they could get, close as they've ever been for what, like fifty-five years or something. So um, yeah. I think they but have it, it to feels like... put it aside, yeah. you know, and then build on this. Yeah, well, all the talk will soon switch to how they will win the next World Cup, and that's where the the next <laughs> pressure mounts to. And like when I looked at the chaos that was unfolding in Leicester Square, I was thinking, how are these people going to watch a match? <laughs> of that length that late in the evening. I mean, it's one o'clock in the day. They're all rat arsed in the middle of the square. uh, And yet they're going to have intricate opinions on this 90 minute more game of football afterwards. There must have been a relief when you looked back at your career 
not to have had social media at that time when you see what other athletes are dealing with now. I mean, we've seen so much kind of, I guess, furore around the sport, around the sport of athletics this past week. Do you ever look back and think that, cripes, I'm very lucky I, I wasn't <laughs> in that age? Well, I, I think you look, uh, I suppose when you see what goes on in social media, I think you, you've got to look at it from both sides. And there's a lot of positives to social media. And, you know, I think, you know, when you're involved in it and it's part of your life as an athlete or a sports person, and some people choose for it not to be part of their life. But hmm. some of them for to be, you know, as an earning athlete, you have to use it to your benefit sometimes. And there are a lot of positives to that. But then when the negatives come, I think you have to somehow be able to manage that in a way that you can put it aside and not get involved in the negative and be able to block it out. And I think I was always really good at doing that in general. So um, I think once I discovered, you know, that with the media, the, the normal media, like the press and the television and the radio, that they were there to help you to promote yourself and to get the best out of yourself, then you know, you take the good with the good and the bad with the bad and you you just make it work for yourself. But you just don't get too involved in anything negative, like anything in life. You, I think we've all learned now that you have to look at the positives and, you know, you always have to turn things around. And, you know, if, if something doesn't work out, you have to find the lesson that you learn from it and how you're going mm. to be better the next time. Well, uh, there's definitely a lot of lessons learned last night. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> it's it just seems like it's never ending here. There's plenty more discussion to be found on this topic in other places. But we have our own topic to talk about, as you will see, have seen on the headline and title of the show. The topic for today's chat with Sonia is not the rights and wrongs of international football. It's It's something far more important than that for a lot of people. Weight loss is the number one reason they start running in the first place. And yet so many people quit running when they feel they're not getting those results or the results that they had hoped for. Losing weight is uh, for a lot of my adult life has been this kind of mysterious, elusive thing beyond my control. And then running came along through you, Sonia, and allowed me to finally get on top of it and feel maybe like... This is the first time in my life that I feel good. But now I can feel that in a initial loss dwindling. And I think that's common enough among runners. Sonia is going to clear up some misconceptions around the subject, answer your questions and hopefully remind us all of what we're inclined to forget when it comes to managing our weight in or whatever our goals may be. First thing, though, Sonia, I'm sure you have people say to you, I'm going to take up running and I hope that I lose. I'm trying to lose some weight by starting. Do people come up to you and say that? And what do you say to them when they say it? Well, they don't really. I mean, <laughs> I think I think a lot of people would be pretty private about, you know, losing weight. And, you know, I, mm. I don't think that should be the reason someone starts running. I think, it, as you said, it's a byproduct of running. Like when you said you wanted to start running, you didn't say you wanted to lose weight, but all of a sudden it was a yeah, bonus. Yeah, I to secretly you thought it, though, Sonia. I did, <laughs> See, though. There you I go. Secretly, That's what I said. This is the thing. It's my dark secret. And loads of people listening to this will be like, yeah, I'm going to run, couch to 5K. And they're thinking in their head, and then I'll lose that weight that I've been trying to shift forever. It is a secretive thing. Well, the thing is, you have to, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, you know, if your energy expenditure is increased, 
and hopefully your food that you're taking in is decreased, <laughs> then it, it, the scales should balance up and you should lose weight. And that's the simple mm. fact about it. Now, the problem is that sometimes when you start running, you get more hungry. So you, you fuel your runs more. And the thing is, when you're running and in the back of your mind, you're thinking you'd like to lose a bit of weight, you have to be aware of what you're eating as well. And you can't, just because you run doesn't mean that you eat more. You don't have to fuel your runs when you're only out there jogging and, you know, just starting to get fit. Because it, it's kind of, I suppose it's a bit like when you go swimming, you're always starving when you get out of the swimming pool. But it's just mm. for those few minutes when you're first out. And you get on to the next thing and you forget about it. And it's the same with running. I think you have to keep yourself busy when you're running. And, you know, you're not running. I mean, someone said to me last week, it was actually some of these athletes that I'm coaching out here, you know, I was going for a run and I had a bit of a sore foot. And they said, how can you go for a run? Your foot's sore. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll manage it. And then they said, do you feel like you have to run every day? Like, is it a thing you feel you have to do? And I said, well, I kind of, I, I do like running or doing some form of exercise every day. And, you know, I also li like to eat. And if I don't go for a run or do some physical activity to kind of get yourself moving, I don't get hungry. And, you know, I quite enjoy my food. So I think it's the way that you manage your, your daily life is that it becomes such a part of your life that what you eat depends on what exercise you do. And right. some well, people is, might this is... hear this and they'd say like, that's a bit mad, but, but it's, it's true. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot I, of people listen to this going, God, I wish I had that problem <laughs> that I didn't get hungry <laughs> until I ran. But really, we've hit on the biggest problem here right away. And it's really I'm really happy that we're hitting this out the gate. That thing of, well, now that I'm running, I need to eat bigger dinners <laughs> to fuel my body. And I've heard of this phrase, carb loading. That's what I'm doing when I'm actually just eating loads of potatoes, delicious potatoes. And I, I think that y your description of it is, a, is another version of it. It was a healthier version, which is that you are you saying that you want to f you enjoy your food so much that you feel like you can enjoy it more once you've ran? Or are you actually saying that you wouldn't feel like eating if you didn't run? Yeah, I mean, definitely in the morning time, I wouldn't feel like eating if I didn't run. I, I could go like all day nearly without eating, <laughs> except for the fact that I know there was nice fruit and things in the fridge that I'd like to get my hands on. So I think maybe it's just running becomes part of the daily routine and it leads to, you know, like here when I'm up at altitude and it's really been really hot up here recently, you know, you're kind of obsessed with drinking all the time. So every time you go out for a run and you drive there, you're packing your drinks and your snacks. And then I come back in and like, I'm always, I'm so slow at preparing the food. Like it's a friggin' ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yesterday, this house I'm saying, and the, the girl who lives here, she went off out for a dog walk in the evening and I was starting to prepare the salad. And she came back about an hour later and I still hadn't sat down. <laughs> I was still <laughs> chopping things up and, you know, chop them all up and then, then you got to put them all together and build the salad, you know, like build a bear, build yeah. a salad. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and every time I do it, and when it comes together and it's like this mountain, you know, and it's about to erupt. And I always think about my dad. And when I was younger and he used to say to me, are you going to eat that or climb it? And <laughs> but most of them be fueled by like, you know, all these lettuce leaves underneath that are just bursting to come out, but they're flattened down by all the other bits and pieces. But but also I hear this. I hear what you're saying there that like you get you get the crack out of that, like you do enjoy the chopping up and all of that and you get a bit lost in it. I think anyone who follows you on social media will see some of these <laughs> creations that you've produced. And sometimes I do think, Sonia, wow, I wish I had that kind of time to do this, because that's the other thing that people do is because, look, I feel like a lot of the time in our conversations, it's worlds colliding that for you, this is part and parcel of how you live and that sometimes I'm kind of explaining to you, well, this is how normal people feel <laughs> and these are the problems <laughs> that we face into and what can we learn from your approach? But for loads of us normies, we're going that's all very well and good, Sonia, but I've got kids screaming at me for for their dinner. I've got to correct their homework. I've got to do my work. I've still got to get out for my run. I really wouldn't have 90 minutes to devote to preparing the salad as much as I would. Even if I was on holidays, I wouldn't have time to do it. Making the time or like, I guess you can either view the view, take the view. Well, you need to make the time to do it and stop wasting time watching things or do it while you're listening to something or is there a shortcut? Like, is there a quicker way of getting to this ideal of not eating dead calories and just focusing on putting really good fuel into the tank? Yeah, I think the key is to be prepared, you know, and I mean, I, 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 I can't I don't spend hours every day <laughs> cooking, just some days. <laughs> yeah. And those are the days that get highlighted, you know, on the Instagram and things like that. Um, mm. But then other days I have to be a bit more efficient. So when I go to the supermarket, I definitely make a list of things that I need um, so that I'm a bit more productive when I'm in there. Otherwise, I'll wander around and take way too much time in there. <laughs> I'm a bit of a wanderer. And then, you know, if I'm doing something in the evening, then I kind of half prepare some dinner in the afternoon. Like last week, I had to go to the swimming pool and before I went I said to one of the athletes, Coco from Germany, I said, oh, I've um, prepared, I've prepared a bit of the dinner for later, so it'll be easy when I go back now. And she said, what did yeah. you do? And I said, oh, well, I roasted some chickpeas in the oven. <laughs> she goes, well, that's not a dinner. I said, yeah, but it's the key part, you know, that's the, that's the thing that takes the most time. So mm. I've got that out of the way. And then you just add that on to everything else. So I think you have to somehow squeeze these things in that take the greatest amount of time when you can and then you go and you do the jobs and things that you have to do so you have to be right. able to you know not start the dinner or the food preparation from scratch at six o'clock you have to have things ready and you know you can pull them together if you have them already you know like when you watch a cooking show and they've got all the ingredients in little bowls and they're all sitting out and then they throw them all together and it's all finished in five minutes you have to be Absolutely. a little bit of preparation. And so if you have a few minutes in the day, then you can start chopping and preparing and put things in bowls and have them ready for when you want to pull it all together later. But the key is definitely to be prepared to plan ahead. And, you know, it's perfect in the summertime when hopefully it's a bit warmer over there now and the sun is out. And I think 
it's it's a great time in summer to eat lighter and to, you know, you don't have to have those big heavy meals to warm you up like you do in the winter time, but you can have salads and salads have evolved, you know, over time. Like I can remember as a young child and going up to my grandparents and, you know, they'd pull a head of lettuce from the garden and you'd have a tomato and you might have a spring onion and a bit of salad cream and that would be it, that's salad. But now salads are like everything, you know, you can, anything you've got in the fridge, you can throw on. I mean, last week I was throwing a few blueberries on top and, you know, you kind of blueberries in a salad, but it actually worked out really good. You know, it's kind of just a little bit of extra color. I think that's the thing with salad is that it's got to be as colorful as possible. Like a rainbow. Well, I'm really happy that we're getting into recipes because I do love when you provide a, a recipe for the listeners. And if people want to, I think what we might get is that shopping list off you this week, because I'd love to know what's going into the basket. I often find, particularly now when we're in that phase of getting shopping delivered, as many people are, rather than going to the Jeremy Dangerous supermarket is to get it delivered to the house. But what you tend to do is just tick the boxes of the things that are in the previously purchased category. So if you want those detailed episode notes, including the shopping list from Sonia, we will <laughs> post those over on Patreon in the detailed episode notes. I've mentioned this before, detailed episode notes with every single episode of the show once you are a member of premium over there. There's a million reasons to become a member. I don't want to harp on about them, but one has to be the arrival of our training gear, Sonia. I've only sent you pictures so far, but uh, they are on their winging their way. We've had listeners saying that they've already bought theirs. They're basically those long sleeve, lovely zip up training tops with the Irishman running abroad logo. They're made by hairybaby.com and you can pop over there now and pick up your one in a range of colors and enjoy an extra discount if you are already a premium member. So let's put let's put that to one side in terms of what's coming in. I mean, it just in terms of intake, it's such a hard answer to consume because rubbish food is nice, but you can lose your taste for it. We did the Lent challenge when I got to a point where for the first time in my life I did Lent and I did come out the other side feeling like I don't want that stuff anymore. I find it creeps back in through things like ketchup, yogurt, sauces and salad dressings. Are you a make your own salad dressing person or get one off the shelf? And if it's off the shelf, which one do you tend towards? A hundred percent make my own all the time. When I was recently up in Eugene at the US Olympic trials and we all stayed in the house and I used to throw these salads together every night and everybody said, wow, the salads are amazing. But the key was the salad dressing. That was the thing that brought it all together. And I have only two or three that I ever do. But my most favorite one at the moment is olive oil. Now, it's got to be a nice, good olive oil, not just, you know, the one that you use for cooking. You have to have a special olive oil in your cupboard that you use for drizzling on your salads or over your vegetables that you'd be quite happy to take a spoon of if you want to. <laughs> okay, so, so, so does that mean that it's the expensive one? Like, like I've never oh. understood, why is this olive oil £100? <laughs> this one over here is 
Well, it's it's more expensive. It doesn't have to be the most expensive. I mean, I think if you go in, you know, yeah, you know, in some of these supermarkets, they have their kind of special special ingredients you know and they have a special little label on them in marks and spencers even in tesco i think they have their finest you know you'll find mm. a nice olive oil there and it might be organic and give you all the lovely flowery descriptions of it so you have one of those but then you have to hide it in the back of the cupboard so that <laughs> like the chocolate <laughs> there with the yeah. chocolate. Now, people H- don't just the, come in the and... fancy oil so it doesn't get thrown in on the sausages okay <laughs> Exactly. It's for special. It's for it's for like not cooking. It's not for cooking. So you have to have okay. two olive oils and you look after it. And then you need some red wine vinegar. Now, this doesn't have to be too fancy. That can just be a normal level red wine vinegar and mm-hmm. maple syrup. And the maple syrup has to be real maple syrup, not maple syrup flavor, because that's too sticky and horrible. And you basically use two, like you use the same quantity of everything. So if I'm doing it for myself, I normally do tea, two teaspoons of olive oil, two teaspoons of red wine vinegar and two teaspoons of maple syrup. And you whiz it all together and you keep stirring it for a long time so that it all combines nicely. And then you just drizzle it over the salad. And that's Oh my really God, good. I want it. I want yeah. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that easy. Uh, the one that I'd been making the last while was with the crap olive oil. A spoon of jam and oh some God. balsamic kind of vinegar. Any any jam that's in the fridge, uh, some balsamic vinegar mm. thrown in. And I know it's probably my one's probably much less healthy than yours because the maple syrup, when it's real maple syrup, if you're right about that specification there, real maple syrup is a different world to the stuff that says maple syrup flavored. That That stuff's geek. Don't go near that. I totally agree there. Because the stuff that's real, there's there's something really extraordinary in that. I want to get on to really quick the role of, and I know this is outside of the nutrition side of this episode, but we're about to head into the second half of the show. And as you guys know, there's a much deeper dive coming in the final 30 minutes of our episode where we're going to really get in a bit deeper into what you can be doing in your sessions, in your weekly running that will improve or get you into that calorie deficit that you ideally want to be in to shed the pounds. But before we get there, Sonia, before we take the break, am I missing something in terms of having gym and strength days in there? Because I am one of those people who's like, I hate picking up heavy things putting them back down (laughs) lift this 10 times like ah that just makes me like it really makes me depressed am i am i missing the one thing that's going to change my ability to lose weight through running yes i think you might have got to the point now where you know you've the running has been pretty efficient for you it's helped you to lose some weight but now you're probably at a little bit of a plateau because you've got to a level of running that your body is efficient with it so it's not burning more energy because it's not new anymore. You're used to it and it's, it, your body has adapted to being able to run. So now you need to bring in some new things so that you change the adaptation and you're challenging your body again. And definitely one method of doing that is through some gym strength work. And um, I, I've been doing it a lot recently and I really enjoy it. I think once you get into the habit of it, it's great fun. 
and you can actually have days where you're not running and you go to the gym and you might go for a bit of a swim and a bike ride. And that's the other thing is combining other activities with running. So if you're thinking of starting out running or you're thinking of using running a bit more to help you to lose weight, then I think you have to remember that that's not the only thing that you need to combine it with other activities like cycling, like swimming. But if the running is at a high intensity level, then these other activities can be low intensity and they can be really enjoyable and you do them because you like it. Well, uh, that's going to be where we're going to go in the second half of the show, because I really do want to get into that, because I think you've correctly identified something that a lot of our listeners and people who have quit because they haven't seen continued results from running for weight loss. So that's in the second half of the show. But before we go there, as you all know, we do get letters. Neil Fusco's been in touch again, Sonia. And last week, if people didn't hear it, I got uh, fully attacked by a dog on the run. Didn't sink the, sink the teeth into me. If you want to go back and listen to exactly what went down, it's over there on the Patreon episode last week in the extended cut. But Neil Fusco is a big fan of the show. And he says... You've given me PTSD listening to your dog attack story. He says, I did the Dublin virtual marathon last year, did it as a trail run around halfway in. I was going through a gravel path in the woods and was coming up on three people and their two dogs pulled up my buff. I guess that's the neck thing, cowley thing, and have them as give them as wide a berth as possible. When the big dark feckin' dog jumps up out from behind the third person and bites me on the hip. <laughs> it was six inches away from castrating me, <laughs> Neil says. Always loved dogs, but must have seen 30 dogs after that and every one of them put me on edge so my celebrations for finishing the marathon were curtailed by a trip to the emergency department for a tetanus shot love the podcast keep up the good work but for the love of god stop stressing me out sonia have you first of all neil thank you so much for the uh for the message neil is going to get himself an irish man abroad pin in the post that'll be winging its way to you neil for our letter of the week but sonia this is this is probably another area that we could get into because the the dog thing that happened to me last week has stayed with me and has put me on edge around dogs and i i do love dogs <laughs> i'm desperate to get a dog but i i'm scared i am scared when i come up to them have you ever had anything like that happen to you i have actually i had um three times <laughs> three times in the past probably two years or so i was knocked down by a dog oh yeah so of course yeah. yeah so i had my big fall there before like earlier this year and every time for a few weeks after that, I was a bit nervous when I was running. And if I ever came across a dog, I was always giving it a wide berth and I would slow down. And, you know, it definitely makes you nervous. But then I just eventually you just forget about it. You know, like these things, You know, I think when things happen in your life and then you become nervous that it's going to happen again. But then after a bit of time, it wears off and you kind of get brave again and you kind of forget about it. 
and then you become complacent and then you might get knocked over again. <laughs> so you've been knocked so down more a... than once by dogs. So that I, that wasn't an isolated incident, the one that happened to you where you came off the dunes and absolutely took you out of it. No, no. Once in, up in Bellincolig, <laughs> I was at the park run up there in the wintertime. It was in December. It was funny. We were doing a bit of a, a jog around afterwards and this dog just came out of nowhere and like took the feet from underneath me and <laughs> it was like something you'd see in a cartoon. My, I just went up in the air <laughs> and landed oh on my, my arse. And was you know, the owner mortified? Look, like, the, like if it happens in Ireland, I'd imagine that they're like, oh my God, <laughs> my dog nearly killed <laughs> the Irish sporting legend Sonia <laughs> The shame that it would bring on the family. Like what did they say well, to you afterwards? Well, typical in something like that, you know, the owner is a bit further away than they should be. <laughs> mm. The dog has come flying and you get up after you fall and, you know, you just want to keep going and run around. And, you know, I was I listened to this thing. Oh, was your your podcast yesterday? File Arms and and Hog. Yes, of course. And they they were talking about when somebody falls and they get up and they brush themselves (laughs) down and they try and not be noticed. But I'm definitely somebody who falls. And then I start laughing and look all around and and then get going (laughs) (laughs) and and hope for the best, you know, that, you know, you're not going to feel all bruised and battered later on when um, when 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 you've had your shower and changed and you realize what's actually happened to you. (laughs) Well, I'm going to include in the episode notes some advice for what to do if you are a runner who's suffering from anxiety relating to dogs and uh, dogs potentially attacking you you can hear the full foil arms and hog episode which let's admit it Sonia, really one of the funniest chats that i've had on the show in a long long time and they talk about that stuff about owning mistakes and kind of as comedians being more in the moment and accepting that things aren't going to go perfectly and their observation that Irish people (laughs) would actually prefer your show not to go perfectly. They find that funnier than if it had gone flawlessly. (laughs) There's also a great, great episode. I'm not ashamed to admit it with Tina, my wife, available now everywhere. We've made this episode free to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a member or not. It's on our really important subject, one that I hope you'll just give 30 minutes to. It was Tina's idea to do the episode. And then I kind of helped her get to the best place to do it. And I was just happy to be able to have this conversation. She is incredibly brave to do it. And the response to that episode has been insane. I know you listened to it too, Sonia, and uh, sent a message to, to say it was great because this is a subject that she talks about that just is kind of being forgotten in this rush to open up and get everybody back to normal. Please give that your time. If you'd like to come over to Patreon, now's a good week to do it. And we're going to get into how you can adjust your running schedule to help you with that little bit of weight loss or even just getting lean to run better and more efficiently. That's over there. But for now, we'll say good luck to everyone on SoundCloud and iTunes. John Marr does extra research. Brian Connolly's on sound and Tina and Mikey, as always, make it all possible. Jigsaw.ie, our chosen charity partner. Uh, All the best, Sonia. Thanks. Thanks for coming this far. Nice to chat again. (laughs) One more week in the bag. (laughs) One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. 
Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 